So we've already talked a little bit about rules, and perhaps from some of us, if we start talking about rules, perhaps we think back to the times when we were children, and there were lots of rules and new rules in our lives. And for those of us who are no longer in school, we're going to go back to the time of being in school, and perhaps back to the time of when we were children, and we're going to do that one thing that we miss most from our childhood, pop quizzes. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good pop quiz? So I got a few volunteers to hand out the pop quizzes. They'll be coming through some paperwork, so get a pen or a pencil ready. If you can come, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to give you a pop quiz. But, but whose heart rate rose a little bit just then? A few of ours, right? Now, who worshiping online was very thankful to not be in person right then, right? They go, I'm at home. You're not giving me a pop quiz, right? So we're not really doing a pop quiz today. But school is not the only place where pop quizzes happen. It's just the place where it's most clear that that's what's happening. The thing with pop quizzes or tests is they don't always come in paper form. We have tests and pop quizzes of life. Some of those we see coming like a test where we know that we're going to have a decision to make. It's on our calendar. We know the date's approaching. And then there are some that catch us completely by surprise, like a pop quiz. Perhaps we study and we learn and we teach to be ready for the test, but we need to especially be ready for the pop quizzes. See, a test could be a decision we see looming and we have time to decide. Do I cheat on my driver's license exam next week? A pop quiz might be something that catches us spur of the moment. We're in a store with friends. We see one put something in their pocket, and they go, hey, just take something. Put it in your pocket. We're all doing it. we got to decide right then. Preparing for the pop quizzes of life can be challenging because how do we prepare for something we don't see coming? The first part of our scripture reading today, the Ten Commandments, as found in Deuteronomy, as we just heard them. So here's a pop quiz, a real pop quiz. Is anyone here confident that they can name all Ten Commandments right now on the spot? Paul, you don't count. <laughs> I mean, you do count, but I'm not opening this up to you. Everybody counts. Does anybody want to give it a shot? Anyone here think they, I want me to come up to the mic. Nobody? Joyce, did I see you raise your hand? You want to go, you want to go for it? No, no, nobody wanted to. I thought I'd get somebody. Nobody? See, Ben, you don't want to give it a shot? I asked if anybody wanted to try to name all ten commandments on the spot. That's okay. I won't make you do it. It's not fair. Because for you, it would be a real pop quiz. But for me, it would be a test. I knew this was coming, right? I, I, I know what I have written down. So it's a little bit different. I had a way to prepare for it that you probably did not. But if I had to guess about how often do we learn and relearn and teach the Ten Commandments, maybe once a year, at most probably, right? If I had to guess most people in most churches, it'd be way less than once a year. And if we think back to the last time that we really tried to learn them or memorize them or study them, 
it was probably when we were a child, right? Back, perhaps, if we were a child going to Sunday school, and maybe we got a sucker or something if we could memorize all ten. So even though it's been a long, well, because perhaps it's been a long time, but, but perhaps even more so because we were often children when we studied them, we learned them at very surface value. We wouldn't dig in too deep. See, there's a common teaching of the Ten Commandments, and we kind of spoke about this in the time with the children, that it's primarily a restrictive list. If you ask a random person on the street, Christian or not, what kind of rules are in the Ten Commandments, it'll probably be something along the lines of, it's a list of things you're not supposed to do. Right? And the last half are, thou shalt not. So it makes sense. And if we look at it, look at stealing, for example, as a Ten Commandment example, it can say you shouldn't steal. But we have to remember the Ten Commandments was not given just to one person for only their use. It was given to a community. Yeah, it was given to Moses, but it was for Moses to share with the community. So these aren't about rules for one person in the world and that's it. These are supposed to be rules, guidelines, instructions for a community. So when it says you shouldn't steal, imagine for a minute if you lived in a community where no one stole. Period. Think about that. How would our lives change if we didn't feel the need for security cameras and locks and there was no fear or or distrust or worry? How else could we divert our time, our energy, our resources? What new friendships or partnerships could we forge if we knew that nobody stole, period. Or if we look at at adultery, does that mean that we individually should not cheat on our spouse? Yes. But if you go deeper into it, if you look at being in a community, what would a community look like or a family look like if spouses could fully trust one another and that was never a concern anywhere in our minds? How different could those relationships look? See, we can go through each of the Ten Commandments that way. Maybe one summer we will. Who knows? But we don't have time to go through all of them this morning and still get to chapter 6, right? But the main thing to take away from this part is that we don't spend a lot of time really digging into the Ten Commandments and what some of the deeper implications are and the reason behind them. But... How often do we learn and dig deeper about other things? Who here has fallen into a YouTube rabbit hole over the last month and we start learning about all sorts of things that we didn't even know existed? I saw a few of you. So people in the back are more likely to raise their hands, I'm noticing. Is that because there's no one else there watching you? Because people in the front don't raise their hands as much. I'm just picking up on these cues. But when I say a YouTube rabbit hole, do we know what I mean? Yeah, just the suggested videos, and then you're like, well, I had no idea they made candy this way in the 1400s, right? Like, you don't know where you're going to end up, okay? So how often do we spend minutes or hours or days or weeks really digging in deep and learning about a theory about Roswell from 40 years ago when we don't have that time or we haven't spent that time on the Ten Commandments? 
Do we constantly learn and seek new information about what makeup to buy or what product will regrow our hair or what deodorant to use or which new car to get or what year of the car to get or learn about this new technology and this driver for my golf club set and I'll be able to hit it 15 yards farther, right? We spend time and energy and our resources learning and learning more and then when we get this information, we're so excited we want to start telling, teaching other people about what we've learned. Now, there's nothing inherently bad about any of this. I'll be the first to admit that I am the king of over-researching products and options before I buy something. I know just enough about way too many things. It's kind of the way that's ended up. But see, we're constantly learning, and then when we learn, perhaps we relearn it or we learn something new, and then we teach that information to our children and our friends, our communities, all the time, whether we know we're doing that or not, we're constantly placing our priorities on the information that we deem to be most important to us today with how we spend our time. And we spend so much time learning things that in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter, right? If we look back 15 years from now, yeah, back to today, is it really got to matter which of the two brands of toothpaste we bought? Probably not, as long as we're still brushing our teeth, right? Probably not. And we spend so little time, comparatively, preparing for the test and the pop-up quizzes in life that can have significant course-altering decisions, the ones that may lead to, to stealing and ending up in jail, or breaking the trust of a lifelong friend, or decisions that split families apart, and that we find ourselves unprepared when we find ourselves in precarious and potentially very dangerous situations. That's why it's so important that we intentionally spend time learning, relearning, and teaching. That's what we have as the focus of today's lessons, and now we'll get to chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children, and talk about them when you are at home, and when you are away, when you lie down, and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So today, in 2023, how do we do that? Culturally, that's what it looked like for them, but what does that look like for us today? Because the important lesson is to be thinking about these commandments throughout our lives, daily. One way we can do that is like with Sunday school, perhaps where many of us first learned about the Ten Commandments. Perhaps what it looks like us for today is small groups whether it's a men's group or the women's circle or the Wednesday Bible study or other groups that exist in our lives as well. Another way we can do that is with daily devotionals. Times that we spend, whether it's, it's individually or with a partner or in a family or with a neighbor or whatever it may look like, having that intentional time. And see, the great thing about having these smaller groups, these smaller settings, or taking it at home, and whether you're teaching yourself or teaching someone else, 
is that it gives everybody an opportunity to teach and to lead. How many people here today are going to give a sermon? Just Paul and me, right? I'll keep work, working it in. We're going to get you there. Right? But if we all took this home, how many people here get an opportunity to teach it? Everybody. And how do we best learn? It's by teaching. The best way to learn scripture is to lead a Bible study on it or a devotion or preach it. So if you're really interested in learning scripture, let me know. I can help make those things happen. Because there is no substitute for time and intentionality. There's a quote from Michael Jordan in his book, Winning. And I want to say for the record, this is not just me doing a Chicago area pander to make up for the Chiefs' comments a little bit ago. But I will say the Bears looked great on Thursday, didn't they? (laughs) They did really well. Yeah, so the Michael Jordan one was not a pander. But the Bears looked great. Okay. See what I did? Yeah? Okay. He does have a, he does have a Michael Jordan <laughs> I do have a Michael Jordan poster that is, yeah, it, it is old. It's almost, or actually a little bit older than this book. Yeah, so this book I've had for well over 20 years. I have a physical copy in the house that is, it's, it's still in a box somewhere. Uh, I actually looked for it on Amazon this week, trying to find the, the year that it was published, and I couldn't find it. But I promise you it's real. They made at least one copy that I probably picked up in a mall or something somewhere. But the reason I bought it up is this quote stuck with me and I, and I wrote it down and kept record of it elsewhere. Here it is. Practice like you've never won. Play like you've never lost. I'll read that again. Practice like you've never won. Play like you've never lost. What that speaks to, and what I hope we're able to take away today, is that we are called to continually practice by learning, relearning, and teaching the lessons we have from God, the lessons from Christ, and to do so with humility. See, practice like you've never won means to practice, to teach, to learn with humility, knowing that we are all fallible. That way, when the pop quizzes and tests in life happen, that's when we play. And that's when we know that we are able. That's when we play like we've never lost. Because God's strength will carry us through the hardest challenges with the lessons that we hold in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Amen.